Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd of September. India recorded close to 27,000 new cases of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours and the total tally stands at over 3 crore 35 lakh. 383 fatalities linked to the virus were reported in the same period, while the overall death toll stood at over 4,45,000. These official figures, however, have widely been reported to be undercounts. The reproduction rate or R-value of COVID-19 in India has dropped below 1. PTI reported, citing researchers, that a value of 1.17 was being recorded in late August, which fell to 0.92 in mid-September indicating that the rate of the infection has slowed down. In cities like Mumbai, Kolkata, Chennai and Bengaluru, however, the R-value was recorded at over 1. The Hindu reported that Tamil Nadu Health Minister Ma Subramanian yesterday asked the central government to postpone export plans for COVID-19 vaccines until all eligible adult citizens in the country are fully vaccinated. The minister cited government data, saying that more than 97 crore Indians were eligible for inoculation, but only 80 crore beneficiaries have been vaccinated so far. Of this, he added, 61 crore had received the first dose. Subramanian also mentioned that India had not started vaccinating those in the 12 to 18 age group yet. He added that Tamil Nadu was also facing vaccine shortages and vaccination camps in the state had to be shut on Monday and Tuesday. On Monday, Union Health Minister Mansuk Mandavia announced that vaccine exports will resume from October. India had halted exports of COVID vaccine in April after the second wave started to peak. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 229.5 million people so far, claiming the lives of more than 4.7 million. The World Health Organization said on Tuesday that the Delta variant of COVID-19 is the current predominant strain around the globe. Maria Van Kerkhove, the organization's technical lead on COVID, said that the Delta variant had been identified in 185 countries so far. The WHO also thanked India for its decision to resume the exports of COVID vaccines. Its chief, Tedros Adhanom, said, and I quote, This is an important development in support of reaching the 40% vaccination target in all countries by the end of the year, unquote. Listeners, before I move on to the next news, I'd like to tell you about News Laundry and Teamwork Arts' annual media forum, which is South Asia's largest, the Media Rumble, is in full swing from today and will go on till Saturday. From news to policy, tech and cinema, we have an exciting lineup of speakers who will be a part of various virtual panel discussions spread across four days. To give you a sneak peek, our speakers include one of India's finest in investigative journalism, Josie Joseph, filmmaker Hansel Mehta, Faye D'Souza and the Desh Bhakt's Akash Banerjee. The first day of the Media Rumble has already begun, but don't worry, there's still three more days of interesting discussions lined up for you. If you haven't registered already, go to the MediaRumble.com today and register away. Also, if you enjoy attending the Media Rumble, it is another reason to support our independent journalism here at News Laundry. Our team strives to bring you fair, factual and accurate news, extensive ground reportage, and news in multiple formats from videos to podcasts. We are also a 100% ad-free news organization, which ensures that we do not bat for the powers that be, but hold them to account instead. So, 
If you want to power our coverage, become a subscriber today by going to newslaundry.com and hitting that red subscribe button on the top right. Pay to keep news free. The Supreme Court today refused to change its interim order allowing women to appear for the National Defence Academy examinations starting this year. The Apex Court said, and I quote, "We gave hope to the girls," unquote, and added that therefore it could not deny it to them now. The court had passed the interim order in August this year on a plea filed by a lawyer who sought permission for women candidates to appear for the exam. The examination is scheduled for November 14. The Union Ministry of Defence had responded to the court's order earlier this month by announcing that it would admit women to the National Defence Academy. However, Additional Solicitor General Ashwarya Bharti had requested the court to halt admissions in the current academic year. citing that changes in policy procedure training and infrastructure were needed in an affidavit to the court yesterday the central government said that it would put in place a mechanism by may next year so that women candidates can appear for the examination but refusing to change its decision the supreme court said today that the armed forces deal with emergencies and it doesn't believe that the armed forces response team will not be able to deal with this scenario The Times of India reported today that a Delhi court has sent one of the accused who vandalized the Delhi residence of Lok Sabha MP and All India Majlis-e-Ittehadul Muslimin chief Asaduddin Owaisi to one day police remand. The other four accused men have been sent to 14 day judicial custody. Yesterday, the police had detained five men reportedly associated with Hindutva group Hindu Sena in connection with the incident. The Indian Express quoted an unidentified police official saying that the accused men believed that Owaisi made anti-Hindu remarks in his recent speeches. Deputy Commissioner of Police New Delhi Deepak Yadav said that the men who vandalized the politician's home were angry about his comments adding that the accused persons were being questioned. Owaisi said that the men were armed with sticks, axes and pelted stones at his home. The MP tweeted and I quote Their cowardice is well known and as usual they came in a mob not alone they also chose a time when i was not home unquote owaisi claimed that the men shouted communal slogans outside the house and threatened to kill him adding that they also assaulted the caretaker of his residence he said that this was the third time his home had been vandalized adding that when it was vandalized the last time bjp's rajnath singh was not just the home minister but also his neighbor OVC described the men as radicalized goons and asked what led to their crime. Please consider this a trigger warning as the following news contains instances of sexual violence. The Delhi police have said in their charge sheet that Radhe Sham, the Delhi crematorium priest who is the main accused in the rape and murder of a 9-year-old Dalit girl, allegedly sexually assaulted her in the past too. The Indian Express reported today. The priest along with three of his employees Kuldeep Singh Lakshmi Narayan and Salim Ahmed had allegedly raped and killed the girl before hurriedly cremating her all four accused have been arrested the accused had claimed that the girl had died by getting electrocuted while fetching water from a cooler her family had alleged however that the men had raped her and cremated her body forcibly the police used the statements of the accused men public witnesses and cctv camera footage to invoke the charges against the four men according to the charge sheet radhishyam told the police that in august when the incident took place 
he had seen the girl who would sometimes visit the crematorium to fetch water and bathe. The chart sheet quoted him as saying that the girl gave him massages in the past and he showed her pornographic content. He was further quoted as saying that he had touched her in the past. On the day of the incident, the chart sheet said, when the accused Radhe Sham asked the girl for a massage, the other accused Kuldeep suggested that they sexually assault the child. The police had earlier stated in their evidence that the girl had died due to suffocation while being sexually assaulted. In a related development, a Delhi court yesterday rejected the police's plea to hold daily hearings in this case, saying that there are a lot of pending cases of crime against children. Additional Sessions Judge Ashutosh Kumar dismissed the police's plea for expeditious hearing in this matter. The judge said that the court had 620 cases pending under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences Act, including the present one, and several accused were in jail pending trial. The nine-year-old girl, who was allegedly raped, murdered and cremated forcibly, lived with her parents, who worked as rag pickers in the old Nangli area of Delhi. My colleague Nidhi Suresh spoke to her parents in her ground report. They told her that Tara, a name assumed for protection of her identity, would accompany them to a nearby shrine, Peer Baba Darga, where they would often beg for money. On August 1, Tara's father said, The family returned home from the Darga at around 5.30pm. I had to go buy vegetables and before leaving, I told my child to get some water for her mother, he recalled adding that they usually fetched water from a water cooler installed at the crematorium near Delhi Cantonment. An hour later, when Tara didn't return, her mother stepped out to see why the girl was taking unusually long to fill water. After going around the neighbourhood to see if Tara was playing, she went to the crematorium. I went in and found my baby lying there, dead, she recalled. Tara's parent narrated their ordeal of losing their child and being threatened by the accused men. To know their account of what happened on August 2, read Nidhi's full report on newslaundry.com titled Don't Shout! Dalit Child Raped, Killed, Forcibly Burnt at Delhi Crematorium. The Indian Express reported today that a foreign minister's meeting of the member countries of SARC, the South Asian Association for Regional Cooperation, has been called off following differences over who should represent Afghanistan. The meeting was scheduled to be held on Saturday on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly session in New York. The member countries of SARC are India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Maldives, Nepal, Sri Lanka and Afghanistan. While the Taliban took over Kabul on August 15 as former President Ashraf Ghani fled the country, no world power has yet recognised the Taliban government. Pakistan, meanwhile, has urged the world to engage with the Taliban and immediately help the new government prevent an economic collapse. For the SARC meeting, NDTV reported that Pakistan allegedly opposed the participation of representatives from Afghanistan's former regime led by Ashraf Ghani. NDTV cited reliable sources and unidentified officials about Pakistan's alleged demand to have a Taliban representative for Afghanistan. Member countries, however, rejected the proposal as the Taliban does not have international legitimacy. Meanwhile, Reuters reported today that the Taliban wants to address the United Nations General Assembly in New York next week and have nominated their Doha-based spokesperson, Suhail Shaheen, as the representative for Afghanistan. Right now, the UN ambassador representing Afghanistan, Ghulam Isaac Zai, 
is scheduled to address the final day of the General Assembly on September 27. Last month, he was ousted from the Taliban who said that his mission is considered over, adding that he no longer represented Afghanistan. Isaac Zai, however, had informed the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres on September 15 that Afghanistan's delegation will attend the assembly meeting on September 27. Following this, Guterres received a letter from Taliban-appointed Foreign Minister of Afghanistan, Amir Khan Muttaki, about the participation at the UN assembly. According to Reuters, Guterres has said that the other countries must leverage the Taliban's desire for international recognition by urging for an inclusive government that also ensures equal rights for women. The United Kingdom on Wednesday revised its travel policy to include Serum Institute of India's Covishield to its list of approved coronavirus vaccines. However, double vaccinated Indians still have to quarantine themselves for 10 days, NDTV reported. The new rules will be effective from October 4. The decision came a day after India warned about reciprocal action against the UK's travel guidelines issued on September 17. The guidelines had said that people vaccinated against COVID in Africa and South America and some other countries including India would be considered unvaccinated. The 10-day mandatory quarantine has not been done away with as the British government reportedly has problems with India's vaccine certification. Union Foreign Minister S J Shankar tweeted yesterday that he had discussed the matter with British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. Certification after COVID jabs in India is a centralized national system managed through the Covin app and portal. National Health Authority CEO R S Sharma told NDTV that the certificate system is WHO compliant. A statement issued by the UK High Commissioner on Tuesday mentioned that the British government was working with India to expand recognition of vaccine certification. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.